This podcast is sponsored by YMSE Real Estate Group, offering a tailor-made service, versatility and expertise for all your real estate needs. Are you thinking about selling, buying, investing or having your properties managed? For more information, check our website, www.yycrealestategroup.com. We are passionate about real estate and we love to support local businesses. We hope you guys enjoy the podcast. Cheers. What is up? We are episode number 27 now. Yeah. I'm your host, Jason Manorinter. And I'm your host, David Liu. And welcome to Behind the Business. We're going to be talking about, this podcast is about, what is it about, Dave? It's about small business entrepreneurs uh, supporting local and just uh, the trials and tribulations of startup and running your own business. Nice. Nice improvising there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you haven't yet, subscribe to our YouTube channel. And you know what? Follow us on Spotify. And uh, yeah, we're on all platforms. So today we have Chris Vu. Yes. Uh, Chris Vu hey, with... What's up, guys? What's up? <laughs> with uh, VQ Optometry. Uh, him and Gabrielle Ma are spouses and partners in nearly in the nearly four year venture of this private practice. Mm-hmm. Good to be here. Pretty psyched. I like the setup you have going on. <laughs> Thanks, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah. yeah, no problem. Took a lot of work to get it going, but yeah. yeah. Um, and that's something I actually want to talk to you about uh, working with your spouse. So that's a big one. <laughs> we'll get, we'll dive yeah. into that. Yeah. Cause yeah, yeah, I work with my fiance and, yeah. uh, yeah, yeah. that would be a good conversation. Yeah. Um, first off, uh, tell us tell us uh, something that uh, no one knows about you. Um, I guess since we're on a business podcast, I figured I'd share. Not everyone knows, but my parents used to own a Kumon Math and Reading. So for a lot of us, <laughs> you know, uh, minority kids, whatever, whose parents wanted us to excel. They'd throw us in a Kumon, and my parents owned one, so I was definitely not very well liked. <laughs> <laughs> Were you enrolled community. in it then? I was enrolled. I oh. had to I had to help, uh, you know, make the worksheets. I tutored kids. I graded worksheets, and uh, yeah, it was it was a it was a pretty good venture for my parents as like a side side hustle because my mom wasn't working at the time, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, she needed something to do. That's pretty sweet. So you you were raised in Kumon. I basically was raised in Kumon. <laughs> so yeah. you were tutored. Yes. Uh, and he was tutoring. Oh, you were tutoring too? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. crazy. You know how like, you know, some dads would do crossword puzzles or whatever, read the newspaper on when they're on the toilet mm-hmm. before we had phones? Mm-hmm. Uh, he would literally do Kumon worksheets to stay sharp because he's an engineer. So he mm-hmm. would just do calculus worksheets and you're like... It's <laughs> the worst. That's pretty sweet, though. Yeah, I even try to do math now just to keep up with it. It's good, but it's like a lot of the stuff you learn in school, you just fuck, you forget about it all. Yeah, and it's not all super applicable, right? Yeah. Like, you know, the complex fractions and stuff you used to do. You're like, why? And then occasionally you'll run into it. You're like, okay, this is why. Mm-hmm. You know, 
especially when you have to deal with the imperial and metric system. Oh yeah, for you to convert. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think basic math is necessary, but yeah, all that, you know, calculus, calculus and I remember they're like, you need to draw a graph with your hand mm-hmm. on, on a piece of paper, yeah, like yeah. cosine, yeah. whatever all that stuff is. Yeah. At night, I was like- Algebra? Al- yeah. yeah, algebra, right? <laughs> um, yeah, but I failed calculus, so. Yeah, <laughs> I did okay in it. <laughs> yeah, that, that was that was the one I was fine with. It was like- What what grade did it uh, Kuman go up to? Basically to grade 12. Mm-hmm. Oh, it went up it, to grade 12? It, it could go pretty complex, mm-hmm. for sure. Like- so complex that you're only doing like, you know, a couple of pages worth of problems mm-hmm. per session. So, but it, it has helped you in like now, hasn't it? I would, I would like to hope so. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure my parents would like to hear me say that it did help. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So I'll say yes. <laughs> nice. Nice. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, let's get, let's dive right into it. Let's get into the business. Um, let's, let's talk about, what you were doing before the business, mm-hmm. um, how you got on, got into it, and um, yeah, what, how did you get into that, and what were you doing before? So, I was in optometry school in Chicago um, between 2013 and 2017. We graduated in May 2017, and in the last year, um, Gabrielle and I started dating. And then things became a little bit more serious. Was there a reason why you went into optometry or you just kind of... Yeah. Like, how did you follow that yeah. passion? Um, it was one of those things that I had always had my sights on mm. since I was younger. Literally. I was going to say I had my eyes on. But uh, um, it's because, you know, yeah, yeah I know. Yeah. I, I, sh- I yeah. should have done that. But... Uh, <laughs> Um, I grew up, you know, having bad eyesight, right? So I was mm. used to go into the eye doctor and then, you know, the experiences that I had at that office. I had bad eyesight. Yeah. I had, still? Like, still. Yeah. Yeah. I'm wearing glasses and I had laser, yeah. Sur- yeah. laser yeah. yeah. It sucks. Yeah. I had to get laser, uh, LASIK twice. Oh. I mm. had to get an, uh, an enhancement done. I might actually have to talk to you about that because yeah. I'm like debating whether I should do it again or not. Yeah. But I'm kind of scared. <laughs> like... Yeah. It's not, how, how was the second time? It It's faster. The oh, healing yeah. time is faster for sure. Interesting. Yeah. Like I pretty much bounced back after like a couple of weeks, whereas the first time, mm-hmm. I think it took me like three months to fully, fully heal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, That's yeah. something I'm thinking about. So yeah, we yeah. can talk about that after. Yeah. Definitely. I thought about it, but I'm also kind of worried like, Do you, you don't even wear glasses. Yeah, I do. I'm wearing contacts right now. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you learn yeah. something new about each other every day. I wear glasses. I didn't even... I wear. I only wear glasses when it's like cloudy out because I know I'm not going to wear sunglasses. Mm-hmm. But if I'm going to wear sunglasses, I wear contacts. Didn't know that. <laughs> wow. Anyways, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I yeah. always wanted to do it. So it was kind of one of those natural progressions like it kind of got onto the back burner a couple times. I was like, you know, maybe I want to do something else. Cause like the idea of working remote maybe and living in a sprinter van and, and kind of traveling the country and, and living more leisurely mm-hmm. was something that was appealing. But you know, that kind of minority mentality of like, you know, got to do the grinds, this and that, whatever, make your parents proud. That was like kind of secondary but uh, yeah, optometry was a uh, was 
in the back pocket for a while. So mm-hmm. eventually came around to actually pursuing it. That's pretty sweet. And you did it in Chicago. Correct. So were were you born in Calgary or? Mm-hmm. I was born in the United States. I, oh, I was born Anchorage. in Anchorage, Alaska. Yeah. yeah. In Alaska. Yeah. So very. Like very Alaska, sim- Alaska. Yeah. 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 Like, <laughs> I've been there before. Yeah. A stopover in Anchorage. It's a pretty cool town. It's pretty mm-hmm. small. I think it's still like 300,000 people, maybe, maybe a little bit larger. Yeah. yeah. It's beautiful there though. Yeah, it yeah. is. And you were, how long, how old were you when you, when you left Alaska? I was 18. Crazy. Yeah. So I, I spent my entire youth there. Yeah. Childhood and youth. Was it cold? It was. Um, they do get a little bit colder than us, mm-hmm. but because they're on the water, it feels colder. Mm. And then because it's like kind of Pacific Northwest kind of, it has that cloudy Vancouver vibe. Yeah. 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 So it gets, it's pretty dreary sometimes, mm-hmm. but um, it's a beautiful place to, to yeah. live. Lots I, I want to go uh, check out the the icebergs and stuff yeah the glaciers yeah. yeah the glaciers and stuff yeah so yeah you're you're 18 then you moved to la la mm-hmm. you moved to la that's mm-hmm. sick and my favorite city. was it just you or your family or is it just yourself it was just me um my oldest brother who still lives in la he moved down in 2001 after he graduated high school mm-hmm. or 2002 um and uh I kind of followed in his footsteps a little bit. I moved, you know, I lived, ended up living with him, going to the same university that he went to. And, uh, you know, just kind of honestly BSed around for a while. I just kind of like (laughs) casually got by, Mm -hmm. didn't really take university too seriously. And uh, then uh, I lived there for almost five years. And then I moved to Boulder, Colorado after that. I chased a girl out there. (laughs) Boulder. Yeah. Boulder would be nice. Boulder is a cool town. Yeah. I I think that everyone should, like, if you go to Denver to visit or if you go, you know, skiing or whatever in in the Rockies down there, you should check out Boulder. Is that close to Park City? No. That's in Utah. Yeah. It's, I think that drive is like, maybe like 10 hours. To Park sweet. City, yeah. Is it close to uh, Fort Collins? It is. Boulder is close to Fort Collins. Yeah. It's probably about an, a little over an hour away. Yeah, I've been to Fort Collins a bunch of times. Yeah. Yeah. So, What for? A uh, course, like a real estate course. Oh, nice. <laughs> probably like three, four times. It's yeah. a small town. It's huh? a very, very small town. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a guy that runs a course there called Ninja Selling. And that's it's awesome. it's based out of Fort For Collins. Collins. Yeah. That's a f- that's a pretty funny name. But it's pretty catchy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you you're when did you decide you well, I guess you went to school for optometry then after Correct, yeah. f- what five years later or um so after I graduated university, I kinda started university a little bit later, like twenty uh, two thousand seven. Mm-hmm. Finished in two thousand eleven. And then I lived in Boulder until two thousand thirteen and while I was there, I was working for an optometrist. I worked in an optical the entire time I lived there. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, naturally I had a point of contact. I had the letter of rec and stuff like that. I studied on my own, wrote the test. And um, because when I lived in Southern California, there are two schools down there. And when I first moved, I was like, oh, I'm going to go to this school in Southern California in Fullerton. 
And um, when I submitted my applications, um, I was invited to have a couple interviews at various schools, Chicago being one of them. Mm-hmm. And so I interviewed uh, one in Oregon, outside of Portland, um, the two schools in Southern California, and then Chicago. And then when I saw the campus in Chicago and when I visited the city, I was like, okay, you know, the schools all cost the same, mm-hmm. essentially, tuition-wise. And I was like, I might as well get a, a new experience. East Coast vibes. Yeah, absolutely. That's yeah. sweet. I haven't been to Chicago yet. It's definitely, I'd say it's, there's no better time. Well, I mean, COVID aside, there's no better time to visit it. Like the city is blowing up in yeah. terms of the, uh, the food scene. Um, you know, the downtown districts are more innovative in terms of uh, in that scene than ever. So yeah. the art and architecture too yeah. is really crazy. The music scene is off the chain there. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really want to go there. Um, isn't that where Oprah's from? I think so. Yeah, yeah she, that's yeah. A, that's how I know Chicago. <laughs> yeah, Chicago Oprah. Bulls. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Chicago Bulls too. Yeah. So you're in school. Um, how long did it take you to finish school? It's four years. Four years. Mm-hmm. It's four years. A full four years, basically. The first summer's off, but then it's year round after that. Yeah. And then I guess uh, when you finished, I guess when did you meet Gabrielle, and then start like. Like, how did that all come about? Yeah. So, um, she, funny enough, like she had applied to other schools, did the whole thing. And then on a whim decided to go to Chicago as well. I think she was originally going to go to like Philly or something like that. Did you not know her at this point? No. Oh, and um, she went to Chicago too. Yeah. Oh. So by chance she decided yeah. to go to Chicago and then we met then, um, I was still in Chicago. Yeah. I was still dating my ex at the time. We both moved out to Chicago together. Mm -hmm. And then, um, you know, after within the first year, I mean, like became friends with, uh, with that crew. Uh, Funny enough, it was Calgary crew. Yeah. It was all Asians. It was just, it was, they were called the Canadians in school because they're all (laughs) from Canada and they're all Asians. So was it Jackie and Uh, Jackie went to school in Philly, but there was a, a couple heads from Toronto, uh, one from van Trina. Um, Trina was in the group as yeah. well. Trina and Gabrielle were actually roommates in the first year. Mm, crazy. Yeah. So, so there's a bunch of you guys from Canada that all met in, in Chicago. Yep. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. So. Canadians. Um, <laughs> Canadians. Yeah. I know. It was funny because they, we all sat in one area and then like the kind of, you know, there was like the jock ish crowd that sat in the front of the class but yeah i mean we were all super friendly we were we were a great class but uh yeah i'm not sure who who coined that term for the group but it definitely <laughs> stuck <laughs> yeah and so yeah what what happened you guys started dating down there or yeah yeah even the in the final year um we go on these things called rotations mm-hmm. or you know externships and you basically have to travel to various sites within the country or even out of the country to pursue or just to see, have exposure to certain uh, specialties. So whether or not it's contact lenses, uh, eye health, like surgery and stuff like that, or um, pediatrics. And so in that final year, people are kind of moving around. And then we happen to be in the same, we happened to be in Chicago for the first one. So we just kind of like, you know, everyone, a bunch of people left. There was a small crew left and then kind of hit it off. 
around that time. What uh what did you guys specialize in or like you mentioned you guys had to leave if you guys specialize in certain what what do you guys specialize in, I guess, or is it everything? It I would say a small number of people will actually specialize in something. Mm-hmm. Um for the most part, like the most common specialty is ocular health or ocular disease. So basically just comprehensive. So, you know, you'll basically see anyone that comes in your practice, you'll mm-hmm. kind of know what to do when. Mm-hmm. Um, so neither of us necessarily have a specialty. I would say at Gab- at, at VQ Optometry, there's a little bit more of a, a bias towards, actually a lot more of a bias towards just eye health. Mm-hmm. But then there's also a secondary subspecialty with uh, contact lenses like nearsightedness control. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, and naturally just kind of went into that because of the population of people that we see. We see a bunch of people who are nearsighted. Mm-hmm. Is um, it older population? No, well, it's a mix, okay. but there's a, there's a lot of young kids. And then, you know, a lot of, um, you know, parents who are concerned about prescriptions going up. Mm-hmm. So they want to see what they can do to kind of mitigate that. Mm-hmm. So I'm definitely nearsighted. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. That means you can see closer. Mm-hmm. but not far yeah do you think that's like an asian thing from like statistically yeah Honestly, really yeah there's <laughs> a big you know like one of the biggest studies that that came out well it's because our eyes are so squinty yeah, yeah. it's exactly. because we're, we're, we're always reading yeah we were made to study all the time so our it's eyes conditioned yeah. yeah yeah it's a weird genetic thing like there are genetic patterns with mm. different different populations and nearsightedness is that's interesting i remember when i was like a kid my parents were like don't watch tv so close you're mm-hmm. gonna have, you're gonna ruin your eyes yeah and then I remember like this one time I was just watching TV so close because I wanted to get glasses. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, fuck, now I'm like. Yeah, you I mean, wanted to get glasses? I thought oh, it was cool when oh, I was yeah. a kid. It was That's... against the grain. <laughs> I I resisted glasses for so long. And the, the teacher, I remember the teacher called me and, she, and she's like, can you read what's on the board? And I was like, I can't mm-hmm. read it. Mm-hmm. And she's like, really? I'm like, I can't see. And then, mm-hmm. yeah, she had to like tell my parents I needed glasses. And oh. I was like, yeah. Do you find right now, though, with, like, iPads and computer screens and, and stuff, the younger generation definitely is, like, their eyesight's getting worse? There is a correlation with that. I mean, it's hard. It's kind of hard to say right now because mm-hmm. this is such a, a more recent advent, right, mm-hmm. in, in how we're using our eyes. But Well, you got babies using iPads right yeah, now. Yeah, straight That's crazy. Up. I yeah. mean, like... <laughs> Like if they're like fussy. It's just like okay. Yeah, well, watch this. And they have like those fancy handles and stuff. Yeah, where they're just yeah. Like in the strollers, not even like yeah. But they're like <laughs> a year old. Mm-hmm. Seriously, and they got them. So I think there's a correlation mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's definitely, you know, we, we are studying it. There are more a higher population of people are nearsighted now than there were ever before. So it has to be a correlation. Make, makes sense. Makes yeah. sense. Well, soon it's going to just be virtual reality. So yeah. we're never going to see eyes. each other again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we're just going to have our own, whatever reality that we want to step into. So do you think that you could strengthen the muscles though of your eyes? There are ways to strengthen your eye muscles or at least kind of work on them with certain deficiencies, but with your prescription, that's not, really one mm-hmm. but we can mitigate it with like you know some medications or some lenses mm-hmm. do um does eating carrots help your eyes they're good for your eyes they are actually good they okay are, they so are good for your eyes. okay yeah. but 
it won't make your prescription not go up. <laughs> yeah. It's just antioxidants. Yeah. Preventative. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. And and I I don't know where I've seen this, but I've seen it where like people if if they visualize it, they could make their eyesight's better. Just like by like, you, don't know what, you know what I'm yeah. talking about? I've like I've seen it where like people meditate and like visualize and like they heal their own body. Like <laughs> I need to find I need to see who you want to do I'll send study? you the source. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I, I read this article before, like, uh, in Japan, the archers, mm-hmm. the, they used to use, like, objects, and they would just, like, focus on them to kind of train their eyes to be focused in that range. That's so, what I mean. Like, you're, you're, tr- you're working out your eyes to get better. Yeah, but it's not like they're just thinking about it. And well, it's no. Good. <laughs> yeah. They're actually doing exercises. Yeah. They'll like, they'll put something like close and then mm-hmm. they'll move it a little further back, focus on it and keep on doing it. That so is that a good exercise. Yeah. yeah. I mean, basically a lot of kids don't have that kind of focus control. Yeah. And so, you know, if something is, you know, X number of feet away, you know, kids will either under over focus yeah. and it'll just become blurry on yeah. either side. So, there's there is truth to that for sure. Oh, crazy! Yeah, yeah. it was like, crazy, See, like some truth. feudal mm-hmm. Japan. Mm-hmm. They, well, they were ahead of the game, man. Yeah, in a lot of ways. Archery was crazy. Mm-hmm. Same with the Mongols. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So where, where do we leave off here? Uh, you you You're finishing met Gabrielle. School? Yeah. How old are you right now? I'm 32. 32. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when did you graduate? Graduate? Uh, Twenty seventeen. Okay, May, so about yeah. five years ago. Yeah. So you you guys met, and then, um, how did you guys decide to open up this business? So and and be partners with it. Yeah. Because that's so, a that's a huge move there. Yeah. Right? Oh, absolutely. Um, and like, were you guys married before the business, or after, or during, or? Yeah. It was kind of. All at the same time, 2017 was a pretty fast, pretty crazy year because, I mean, like, we decided together that we were serious about each other not too, too long before moving to Canada, moving back to Canada for her. Um, oh, because she's from yeah, here, and yeah, that's why you came. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. Yeah. So I was more or less a free agent. So I was kind of like had my sights set on the Reno, Lake Tahoe area Mm. just for like having access to the outdoors and whatnot. And it's in Nevada as a state. There's no state income tax. So you just pay federal tax. And so it's that's like what, 12, 13 percent or something like that. So in terms of uh, compensation and uh, quality of life, I was like, oh, yeah, this is going to be great. And then. We became, Gabrielle uh, became serious. And then she was already in the works of starting a business because that's kind of the goal. Like, you know, what we're taught in school is like, hey, you know, if you have your own practice, uh, you will have the most freedom to practice the way you want to. Because mm-hmm. if you work, you know, corporate, which is a big part of the industry, let's say you're working for LensCrafters or Walmart or any of that, you have a lot more restrictions in what you can do mm. generally, mm-hmm. especially in the States. So um, the idea is that when you have a practice, you get to do what you want. And because you're own, your own boss, you have more freedoms. Mm. So they kind of push you in that direction. They do. Yeah. And it's good. It's good for the profession in general. And because when you get to practice the way you want, you have a higher likelihood or a higher ability to 
further the scope of what you're doing. Because when you're restricted, you literally can't, you know, uh, expand what you do, mm-hmm. even though you're trained to do it. So um, private practice is generally good for the profession. Mm-hmm. And so um, kind of going back to it, when she told me, she was like, hey, you know, like, I'm planning on opening a business in Calgary. And so either you're coming or you're not. Like, th- there's this is a fork in the road <laughs> in the relationship, straight up. Yeah. So I was like, well, I don't have to be anywhere. I'm not, like, set. And I, like, made sure that Calgary, you know, checked off a certain number of boxes mm-hmm. in terms of, like, lifestyle and whatnot. So mm-hmm. um, it checked off enough of those boxes for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, what about the weather? The weather <laughs> is, is not as Bad. Well, I guess you, you were raised in yeah. Alaska. Forgot yeah. about that, yeah. But the cold still yeah. sucks. I mean, yeah, yeah. cold yeah. is like, you know. At least not, you can get away from it. Yeah, though. that's true. <laughs> and it's pretty easy to. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you want. But I guess not when you own a business. But yeah. um, So we moved. We graduated in May. And then uh, for the ease of me entering the country and getting, uh, you know, license and whatnot, I had to write the board exams in Canada mm-hmm. um, earlier on in the year. And then, um, you know, got all that taken care of, moved up, wrote the licensing exam in the province, and then basically just had the ball rolling on opening the business right away. So, like, as soon as we landed, uh, we came back in June, and we were, like, hit the ground running. It's like, okay, what equipment do we need to order uh, you know, what do we need for the business? You know, it was just, it was a pretty busy, busy time. So, and did you guys just plan it just to be you two? Yes. Yeah. Uh, ultimately it would be nice to have another associate on board cause that way we can reduce some of the time that we need to be there. Mm-hmm. That's ultimately the goal. But, um, yeah, it was going to be us two. Um, I still work at one of the satellite locations up in Cross Iron Mills mm-hmm. uh, with with Gabrielle, but she's actually at the flagship most of the time. Mm. Oh, so you guys got two? Uh, technically, we work out of three. Gabrielle mm-hmm. works at another one in Harvest Hills mm-hmm. uh, one day a week. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we're, we're a little bit around, around the city. Mm-hmm. Sounds like you guys have slowly expanded then. A little bit, yes. That's pretty crazy to have three and four... Four years. Yeah. Crazy. Um, what does VQ Optometry even stand for? Uh, VQ is short for Vision Quest, mm-hmm. um, which is affiliated uh, with with Gabrielle's business. Um, you know, in the family, they've had these optical stores, Vision Quest, for uh, over 20 years. Oh. And so like, they had one in Edmonton. Um, they have a few locations in Calgary, which is where we work out of, mm. but, um, that, that close affiliation, you know, so um, they were in the optometry, her parents were in the optometry. Too. Um, her, her aunt. yeah. Her oh, her aunt. aunt. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So she, they've been selling glasses. They didn't work with doctors per se, or like, you know, um, they didn't hire doctors to work out of there. They just sold glasses. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the idea of kind of having what we call a side-by-side in the industry, mm-hmm. um, 
that's a good way to kind of consolidate everything for people, mm -hmm. right? You know, even when you go to a lens crafters, oftentimes there will be a private optometrist that works with them. And then lens crafters and that private optometrist will work literally side by side to, mm -hmm. to, uh, get people. It's like a one-stop shop now. Yeah. And it's more, it's more. Is that what you guys do too? You guys yeah. sell everything, contact lenses, glasses? We don't sell glasses. No. Oh, so no? we just do all the services. We do the contact lenses as well. But Gabrielle and, and I were more focused. We want to do the, the patient care side, you know, the, the glasses part, that industry is changing pretty fast. Uh, as you might well know, I mean, you know, people have more options than they did before mm -hmm. in terms of getting glasses. So yeah, it's all online now too. Yeah. yeah. yeah like the quick, quick mm -hmm. glasses. Yeah. yeah. Well, you could just get a rendering of glasses on your face and mm -hmm. order it. Yeah. It's like, like I've broken so many glasses. Mm -hmm. So you're just kind of like, fuck, why am I spending yeah. really expensive yeah. on some glasses? But you're just going to fuck them up. So yeah, exactly. But yeah, I get that. The model is changing. Everywhere though, bro. Everywhere it's changing, right? Yeah. Especially, especially after COVID. COVID definitely catalyzed a lot of that rapid change more so. Like I feel like before in the past couple of years, people didn't ask about online as much, but because that whole model shifted, right? More people are relying on online to do any of their shopping. So like, mm -hmm. hey, if I don't have to leave the house, mm -hmm. if I don't have to interact with somebody, what options do I have? Yeah. yeah. That means the industry should be increasing the price of the the inspection or like the, the eye exams and stuff like that. I do. I do believe that that's in the works. Um, it depends on where you live, but because there are enough people supplying that, that service mm -hmm. that naturally drives the price down. Yeah. Competition. Yeah. Totally. Um, how is it working with Gabrielle? This, and is, this is a golden question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, was, we were talking earlier cause yeah. I work with, Mel, my fiance, and um, at the beginning, I found it really hard, and you know, you're nodding your head. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. So, how did you guys like <laughs> overcome that, and like tell tell us how it was at the beginning, and mm -hmm. and and um, what you guys did to move forward from that, like the changes and stuff, right? Yeah. Um. So in the beginning. I, when we first moved up and we we're getting the equipment and the electronic health records program that we decided to use, it takes a while because you have all these developers that basically want to sell you a product, right? Mm -hmm. They're like, how can we efficiently run or help you run your practice? And the price range for that is, is so vast, but you know, that aside. Is it, yeah. Isn't the equipment really expensive? It can be. Yeah. There, there is a fair range in that as well. If you want to get like the creme de la creme, you can be looking at spending over $120,000 on one piece of equipment that takes a really good photo of the back of your eye. Mm. But that one piece of equipment, uh, you know, takes up a lot of space and you can get one that does a few other, has a few other options for a fraction of that, like mm -hmm. literally half. Really? So yeah. the disparity is big, but, um, you know, choosing the equipment, choosing how we wanted to, like the rough idea of how we wanted to do it wasn't that hard. It was because when I first moved up here, I wasn't, I didn't have status. I was still a visitor. Mm. And so getting married in Chicago before we left, like literally days before we left in the courthouse, uh, that was, that was a move that we made partly to expedite that. 
and we didn't hire a lawyer when we came up here in order to get all that paperwork going. We, I just did it myself. I just used forums to figure out how to get permanent residency. But because I didn't have it, I couldn't technically work as an optometrist in Calgary or in Alberta. Oh, yeah. So I had to work as her front desk staff. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so I was her lackey. I was, I was like, you know, the receptionist sitting up front and she's like, telling me what to do you know as as like the ball was rolling and she was seeing patients and she's like she's like hovering over my shoulder like prince right here oh you need to do this this and i'm just like i'll look i'll turn around and look at him like yes and i'll turn back <laughs> and it's like that like that was pretty tough because she is she's good uh, she's a good manager she's a great boss in terms of like how she manages her staff and what she expects but um, being on the other end of that is is hard. So, you know, I kind of learned how to deal with it as we figured out what our expectations were. Mm-hmm. And then uh, ultimately, as as I started, as I got my license, we were kind of splitting the patient load. So we were, mm-hmm. you know, once it started to become a little bit more even, uh, that helped. How, how long did it take, though, Power for struggle. you to... Yeah to get uh, permanent residence took me i submitted the application in july at the end of july in 2017 and i got permanent residency by january of 2018 but i had work i had a worker's permit by i think november december okay so so that's when i i I was technically actually seeing because i was licensed to see patients before that but then Gabrielle would sign off the chart, mm-hmm. basically. So technically, she would have, have approved of everything I did, whatever. Um, but yeah, getting over that that was uh, that was definitely an interesting part in the relationship because also we had just moved back, right? Mm-hmm. And like our life, our lives had changed so much. So we were both undergoing all of these changes. I'm meeting all of her friends from back home. Um, you know, all of her family. And so that transition, I mean, I had, I'm not a stranger to moving, mm-hmm. but all of that together and the stresses of opening a practice that you've never, you know, something you've never done before, mm-hmm. uh, that can be pretty heavy, but mm-hmm. you're good now. That's, a, that's very heavy. Mm-hmm. It's like a new life and going into someone else's new life in yep. a new city. Yep. Um, and starting a whole new business. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That must have been a crazy few yeah. years for you, right? Yeah. 180. <laughs> yeah. It's it's very much like second nature now. Mm-hmm. Like it's not something that we think too much about. Yeah. Um, and it, it's crazy how fast time goes, right? Like it's weird to say that that was almost four years ago now. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah. How, how did you guys uh, do your marketing and get your clients yeah. opening like a new new um like how do you guys get your here. um just like your leads or mm-hmm. or people coming in mm-hmm. like how do you guys is it just word of mouth or referral or it's mostly word of mouth mm-hmm. um one of the angles that gabrielle used because she's cantonese it was to advertise on the cantonese newspaper in mm-hmm. town and uh so there was no post or anything like that but basically in the beginning we would have people coming in holding the newspaper and being like are you the doctor here? And be pointing to the ad. And I'm like, I'm, I can't read that or anything like that. I'm like, yes, I see the logo, yeah, you know, that's us. that's us for sure. And then, um, 
word of mouth is big and it's crazy because uh, one of the things that helped is that with um, Vision Quest, the optical, because they don't have a doctor that works there, people have to bring their outside prescriptions to get glasses there. And so that means that they had to have gone to one place and then basically drive because there's no other doctors on that side of the mall mm-hmm. on uh, 36 in Pacific Place and and take it there. And it's because they've been a business for over 20 years. So there's they have some rapport in the community. So people have been going there for years. And mm-hmm. so it was kind of easy, you know, when people come up and be like, Hey, I benefit someone to buy some glasses. And they're like, you don't have a prescription. It's expired, whatever. You can go across the hall <laughs> and get your eye exam there. And so that, that side by side thing is, was a very key part yeah. in, in having that. Like, yes, word of mouth is big. Mm-hmm. Um, we advertised, like I said, on the newspapers, we didn't do any, uh, radio advertisement or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, luckily Gabrielle has a pretty big, uh, network of people here. So yeah. it was pretty easy. Mm-hmm. It's like a good funnel. Just having that subsidiary just right across yeah. the, the way. Right. So. It'd be hard to do without. Yeah. For Lo- sure. Location, location, mm-hmm. location. Cause right? I, yeah. I, heard, I heard that a lot of like doctor's offices, like it's hard to start it up from scratch. Mm-hmm. Like, like um, they usually buy an existing practice that has like a clientele base and stuff like that. But, exactly. But like starting one from scratch with like uh, from the ground up, is a lot more difficult because of the startup cost and the capital it's, it's capital intensive. Right? Mm-hmm. So, And we've seen that happen. Like, you know, we have friends who started up, uh, friends of friends who started up. And if they don't have that advantage, then it's really difficult. One of the really more popular models right now in Calgary that you're seeing. Um, and it's really big in the Sikh community. Cause I, I worked for a practice. I worked for um, a woman who, uh, has several kind of side-by-side situations. And uh, one of them, it's like a pharmacy primary care practice, like where you see your regular family doctor and then optical mm. or like optometrist all in one. And that way the people who go to the family doctor oftentimes are like, okay, you know, you probably should get an eye exam. Mm. And then, so there's this kind of symbiotic community that is uh, really smart in terms of just, overall health and wellness right mm-hmm. it's like a one-stop shop mm-hmm. you know you need this let's go right there yeah yeah makes sense right mm-hmm. that's kind of what we've been doing with our our business where it's like oh you need your properties managed now mm-hmm. we could do that yeah you want an airbnb we could do that right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you need uh, renovations we can do that mm-hmm. or we have someone to mm-hmm. do it right mm-hmm. so i think that's really uh actually um important for business to grow is Continue, like that relationships with other businesses. Oh, yeah. Right. I mean, we all rely on each other on, in one way or another, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, even just as simple as getting someone out of the house, like I feel like now that uh, restaurants are open again and people are out a little bit more, mm-hmm. there's there's opportunity there. It kind of goes either way, but... Were you guys considered uh, essential services with when COVID happened? Uh, yes and no. It was this weird gray area in the first lockdown a year ago. Um, we were allowed to be open as emergency, like eye care. So if you Mm. technically, if you, you know, injured your eye or something like that, there was a a network of people that would open their offices on different days, uh, to kind of take away the strain from going to the emergency room or whatever during that time. Mm -hmm. Um, 
but do people uh like when something happens to their eyes and it's an emergency do they usually go to you guys they should oh they so, should so a lot of times people will think that they need to go to the er or something like that mm-hmm. let's say i mean you get a piece of, there's tons of welders and and whatnot in calgary right mm-hmm. so and like you know a lot of that uh those those folks who work in the, in that industry mm-hmm. Um, and if you go to the ER, generally your wait time will be like three hours or something like that to see the eye specialist. Mm-hmm. And then, so just like all this time that it takes all the risk that comes along with waiting when you have something in your eye is not great. So we generally tell people, you know, like, Hey, if you ever injure your eye or anything like that, come in, mm-hmm. uh, see us first. A lot of, a lot of people don't know that. But, no, didn't know that at all. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and it's a lot faster. I mean, sure. you can literally see any optometrist in town for uh, an eye emergency, and they'll be able to manage it better than like the physician who's like, uh, "Okay, just take some antibiotic drops or something like that." Yeah, that actually happened to me. Like when I was a kid, we were uh, me and my buddy were playing, like pretending to play golf in the back mm-hmm. backyard, and we were using like one of these like. Um, what is it? It's like a, like a garden hose yeah. like a, that looked like a club. Yeah. And when he sw- like, I was standing right beside him and when he followed through, he hit me like right in the middle of the oh eyes and it, it actually cracked my eye. Wow. So my eyeball <sighs> was like bleeding Yeah. and I lost vision out of that eye. Yeah. It was just white for like probably a good eight, 10 hours. Yeah. And then we went to the emergency and they just sent us to an optometrist. Yeah, yeah. And then they did some like drops. Mm-hmm. They checked the eye. They said it was good. Yeah. But, and then the vision came back, but I was like, fuck at that age. Yeah. I was like, man, I could have lost my yeah, vision. Straight up. You were, you were pretty lucky. Yeah. It was lucky because I was wearing a hat. Mm-hmm. So the hat actually took the oh, brunt of the force first yeah. and then it hit me. Yeah. That's gnarly. <laughs> yeah. So that's my experience with that. Yeah. Yeah. So definitely definitely come in to see us i've I've pulled metal out of people's eyes more than you know than really tell people yeah. yeah does that like damage your eyesight if it can yeah yeah i mean like basically there's a if, piece of metal in your eye i mean yeah how far was it uh a lot of times so like the the clear part of the eye like where you get lasik the cornea mm-hmm. it's really sticky so like even if you're cutting metal and like a part of it just flies in the air and is floating around, there's a pretty good chance that it can stick to the cornea and it just won't go. And so like it won't penetrate your eye or anything like that. Like if you have a, a piece of metal that penetrates your eyes, yeah, we'll see you, but then we'll send you to the emergency room. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, usually if it sticks into your eye or something like that, it basically will scar. Mm-hmm. Like it's just going to scar. Mm-hmm. Um, if it scars in your line of sight, yes, you will lose some vision. So, um, just a personal question. Uh, <laughs> I've got LASIK mm-hmm. eye surgery. Mm-hmm. Is it safe to get it again? It is. It is safe. <laughs> yes. Because I'm worried that I, I just don't want to risk going blind. You know what yeah. I mean? Mm-hmm. And like, I'm like, oh, I want it and then I don't, but I feel like, yeah, I like, <laughs> I've, I've just had this feeling like it's not safe right again because aren't yeah. they just cutting your eyelids open and doing something again <laughs> not your eyelids yeah. not your eyelids <laughs> all of a sudden you have no eyelids yeah. <laughs> no but they're cutting something yeah you got bigger eyes now <laughs> yeah the uh the flap that they cut for LASIK LASIK is a very do you, do you guys do LASIK no no no, no, okay, okay. no, no. 
but the uh, the the flap, if you get LASIK, which is a very specific procedure, they you know cut like a a good amount of a flap, and then they lift that flap, and then they laser it. When they do the second surgery, it's pretty easy for them to relift that flap, right. and then just apply the laser back on to again. Does it heal like completely? That is the risk getting it a second time. So when you get Whoa, it, see, it, there, yeah, there, there yeah. is a little bit of a higher risk. There's more complications mm-hmm. when you get it done the second time. Mm. So when I got it the second time, I had to get watched uh, weekly for about a month mm-hmm. because, you know, when you open a wound, imagine, you know, and then they close it, there can be stuff that grows around the opening of that wound. So uh, that's what they don't want to happen. Like scar tissue. Well, when was your second In time way, that yeah. you got it done? A year, almost a year ago now. Mm. So I had it done about two years ago, and then I had the enhancement surgery almost exactly a year after that. You got it even done in Calgary? Yeah, at least like MD. Uh, no issues, nothing? No, they were just watching me for for like that very common side, uh, side effect that can happen after the second surgery. Mm-hmm. But uh, nothing, nothing uh, bad happened after. No, mm-hmm. interesting. Huh? When did you get yours done? Man, I got my done at like nineteen twenty, and the oh, guy was like, why. "Yeah, they're like, don't get it done. Your eyes, Your eyes are still growing." Yeah, and I was like, "No, I want this done." I'm mm-hmm. like, I was so stubborn, and they're like, "Obviously, they're gonna take your money, mm-hmm. right?" <laughs> and so, yeah, I got it done because I hated contacts. Yeah. I just at that age, yeah, like. I just hated contacts. I hated glasses and yeah, I, I got it done. And then what happened was it was all good until I started doing mortgages. Mm-hmm. And then I was like always on the computer and then like it strained my eyes and I mm-hmm. it just gradually got worse. And yeah. then I think now it's, now it's like, okay, it's, yeah. it is what it is right now. Yeah. Right. So yeah, it's been in the back of my mind for like, I don't know. The last couple of years, because yeah. I'm like, okay, I'm sick of these glasses. Yeah, my dog ate the glasses. Yeah. Like, I was like, <laughs> I don't want glasses yeah. anymore, right? Yeah, yeah. And then even boarding, like when we went, when I went skiing for the first time, I had to wear the glasses over because I don't have mm-hmm. any contacts anymore. Mm-hmm. I had to wear glasses over goggles, and mm-hmm. it's just foggy. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah, it's just yeah. like it's a big inconvenience. It's just such a, masks now. Yeah, like yeah. fogging the glasses. Oh my yeah. god, we're <laughs> the masks. It's like, yeah. yeah. Anyways. Um, yeah, back to the business here. Yeah. Um, what, what are some things you've learned about business in the last couple of years um, that you can share some, like any lessons or anything or mistakes that you could have avoided? I think one of the biggest things, and, and this is true for a lot of businesses, is just taking the time or being almost lucky enough to hire good help, right? Mm-hmm. So... Um, you know, someone who's reliable, who kind of knows your expectations in terms of like front desk staff or something like that. Mm. Uh, that's a really hard one because as soon as you put, you know, an ad out on Kijiji or, uh, you know, Indeed or whatever, all these other platforms to hire, you'll just get a flood, right? And you'll even put in your criteria and those people applying are just like shotgun, just like just let me apply anywhere even though i don't know what this is about or whatever just so i can get a job (laughs) um that's a really hard one you know taking the time to go through all of those resumes uh and pick who you want to hire that's uh that's a pretty tough process but i would say go with your gut 
on that one you know mm-hmm. it's not always the best to try to find the person that you think is the most qualified mm-hmm. because you know depending on the job that you're having them doing if you have someone who's overqualified um they might not be happy with the job or they're going to want you know more responsibility that you might not be able to give them mm-hmm. right um that's one thing but also some people might find it really helpful to get a lawyer in terms of all of the uh, just legal, small, like say insurance-based stuff for us, uh, all of the understanding with that. Um, if you don't understand something, don't be afraid to ask one of your colleagues. Mm-hmm. Uh, someone else has done it before, say opened a business before. So, um, you know, there's, it's like there's no stupid questions, right? Mm-hmm. Someone is thinking the same thing probably if they're in the same position. So someone will likely have the answer. Do you guys have a mentor? No. Um, in our field, there are people that you can pay, uh, who consult, Mm. um, who can provide a lot of help in our final year in school. We actually met with consultants who basically just gave us help pro bono, but I, am sure it was covered in our tuition. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, there are consultant groups, there are buying groups, uh, there are people in the optometric business who, who lobby for you. So mm. they'll give you information. You know, we have a governing body, we'll give you information if you need it too. So. Oh, there is a governing body for you guys. Mm-hmm. It's just not like completely private. There's someone that monitors the whole... Absolutely. It's like dentistry. What are they mm-hmm. called? Uh, there's two, there's one called like, uh, our optometric college. Uh-huh. That's one. The association is another one. The college is more in charge of the technical side of it. You know, what we can and cannot do. Um, the association is primarily our lobbying group. It's the people that speak for us, uh, the people who make sure that there's advocacy within our profession kind of out in the community, but there are based in Edmonton, like most. Oh, yeah. Do they like monitor the businesses to just see? Oh, yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Like, there's for us, they. Is there an annual fee you have to pay them? To? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like exactly Rico, right? Like yeah. yeah, yeah. We just, I just had to pay mine. The associ- my association dues alone were over two grand. Mm-hmm. Uh, my college dues were, I think, were about a grand. And then the insurances, depending on when you own a business or not, can either be about a thousand or five thousand dollars. So. Mm-hmm. The fees are pretty high, yeah. I guess, every year, but they basically keep you in check. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one of the ways that they keep you in check is that when you first graduate, within the first two years, they actually have somebody that goes through your charts. Like, you hand them X amount of patient charts, and they make sure that you're doing everything up to code, basically. It's like an audit. Yeah, they mm-hmm. do audit you. And then at five years out of school, I think they'll audit you. So I think we have a couple years to go before they do it again. But yeah, they definitely check on you. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, what advice can you give someone that's starting, like, brand new, basically, if you were, like, you four years ago, right? Just starting in getting into the business. Mm-hmm. Um What's some advice that you could give someone that is looking to to start like the same career path as you guys? Um, I guess it goes back to just talking to people again. You know, uh, Gabrielle had just written um, a recommendation letter for someone who just decided that they're going to the optometry school in Chicago. Mm-hmm. So don't be afraid to put yourself out there. It's a little bit harder now with COVID in terms of 
just us having another body in the practice and people feeling comfortable with that. Um, but it goes kind of back to the last answer. It's like, don't be afraid to ask people, mm-hmm. you know, it doesn't hurt, you know, the worst that someone can say is no, mm-hmm. but in terms of opening a business, um, yes, it's the rep, it's their job to like sell you a product when it comes to choosing the equipment or, uh, programs or whatever. Um, but they do provide a lot of help if you ask them the right questions, you know, ultimately, like I said, they do want your business, mm-hmm. but, um, how did you know which uh, which equipment was best for you guys, though? Personal experience. So in what we field. used in school, mm-hmm. uh, we like if we were familiar with what we used in school, there was a tendency to go with that kind of equipment. Cost is a big one as well. So one of the pieces of equipment that we have at VQ Optometry is refurbished. Mm-hmm. Works perfectly fine, but it was certainly a, a good amount cheaper than buying brand new. Mm. Um, and then the electronic health records system that we use, uh, Gabrielle had used before. Mm. So she already had personal experience with it. Is that like a client manager? Like a CRM goggles? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. And that one's based out of Red Deer. They're pretty good people. They're like pretty on top of it. It's expensive mm-hmm. uh, for sure. The, the cost of entry uh, is very high with that one. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's, a good, it's a good program. Is there any last words or advice that you want to give about business and or anything in, on how you got it going and it seems like you guys are growing mm-hmm. and um, anything you want to share or piece of advice um, just for entrepreneurs or anything in general? Well, I mean, you guys are obviously partners in business, right? So mm-hmm. you have to really kind of listen to what, your like wants and ideas or needs are in the, in the business. So I think that's a big one. Um, it's kind of one of those like interpersonal skills, right? Like just being able to listen to another person, especially if it's your partner, whether or not it's your life partner or business partner, but, um, as cliche as it sounds, you know, uh, trying to be patient with, with those changes is key in terms of implementing anything new in your business. And that kind of goes into the next part. Like, if you are nervous or apprehensive about implementing something new or starting something new, just try it. Yeah, you know, there can be some pretty big consequences if it doesn't work. But, like, if you already have a business and you want to, say, market more on social media, or if you want to try something new, just try it, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, like, if that has an opportunity for growth, why not? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's a a lot of people don't try new things but mm-hmm. want different results. Yeah. yeah. Right? And it's it's very hard to do new things, right? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah. For sure. I mean like an example with us is you know, people uh or within any medical practice is that for the longest time everything was based on paper, right? Mm-hmm. So if someone's writing like even at some of the places that I work at now, I'm still paper based. Mm-hmm. Um so there are some old school doctors who just won't change it because of the cost of entry. They're like, oh, you know, the system works, mm-hmm. so I won't do it. Um, but, you know, as soon as they do it, efficiency goes up. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Huge. Time. Time mm-hmm. is money. Mm-hmm. How do you guys decide um, between you and Gabrielle when, if you guys, like, have a conflict or something of, of what to do next? Like, how do you guys mm-hmm. resolve it? Resolve, Yeah. Just communicating or like 
Well, she's the boss, so. <laughs> um, yeah, it comes down to what, basically, after we talk, it's like, hey, you know, like, what do you want with the business? What do you, like, and I'm a little bit more hands-off with that because, like, this started out as, like, her passion project, right? Mm-hmm. Like, this is how, how she wanted to do it. Um, you know, she has idealized the way that she wants to practice uh, very much so. I would say more more so than I. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I'll usually just kind of like hear her out, throw in some suggestions here and there, kind of like, you know, kind of low-key. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in our profession, we have to do a lot of continuing education, meaning, you know, we have to, and I'm sure you have, to have the same in your field, right? You mm-hmm. have to like go to conferences yeah, and yeah. see what the changes in legislation and stuff like that is. And um, so we have the same thing. So when I when we hear good ideas on those, be like, hey, how can we maybe implement this idea in our practice? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's just kind of like spitballing, right? Back and forth. Boom. Should we do this? Should we do that? And let's think about that later kind of thing and then kind of revisit it. A lot of stuff gets thrown under the rug, mm-hmm. but... How do you guys separate the personal life and business? We're lucky. Yeah. I would say that in our line of work, uh, usually once you leave, it's easy to to compartmentalize it. Be like, okay, it's, you don't usually take your home work home with you. You're very lucky then, because yeah. <laughs> our business, yeah, like it's like at night in bed, yeah. in the morning, <laughs> yeah. In the shower, like yeah. everywhere, right? Yeah. <laughs> you, have, but like, you have clients like emailing like, oh, yeah, blah, blah. Yeah. Here are my, I agree on the terms of offer, yeah, yeah, blah, yeah. blah. Yeah. Then, it's ongoing. Yeah. yeah. It's nonstop. So we're very Yeah, lucky. that's very lucky of you guys, yeah. yeah. So you disconnect, you have a, you guys could disconnect basically after work. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Gabby, not, not so much because she just, as a business owner, like as a primary business owner, she has to be worried about certain things, right? And she's also, like, the type of person that really, you know, say if we had to make a referral to a specialist or something, she'll, like, be, like, okay, like, really worried about those mm-hmm. patients, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I do as well, but I don't generally tend to stress about it as much. <laughs> yeah, so. I get that. Where can we find you? You can find us uh, online at mm-hmm. com. We also have... An IG page, same same name, and also on Facebook. Um, What's the physical location? We're at uh, in the TNT, the old TNT at the Pacific Place Mall, mm-hmm. across the street. Oh, it's in the Marlboro area, mm-hmm. um, kind of by the Canadian Tire mm-hmm. and Forbidden City. Yeah. So now that we can go and eat dim sum. I was just there earlier. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's so nice to go back to have dim sum, right? Like, takeout dim sum is not good. Like, also getting, like, takeout It needs to be fresh. Yeah. Yeah. Straight off the steamer. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, we're there uh, Thursday through Monday Mm -hmm. at that location, um, 10.30 to 6.30 on the weekdays, and then 10.30 to 5.30 on the weekends. Mm. Yeah. Cool. Well, well, I'll have to come see you. Yeah. And uh, literally, <laughs> I'll have to come see you. <laughs> Get my eyes checked right before I. Uh, I go for this. Yeah. For, for I thought about it, but we'll we'll chat about it later. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Cool. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks awesome. for coming on, on, Chris. Thanks. Yeah. yeah. Thank okay. you. Thank you.